I believe everyone has a story to tell. And I believe everyone deserves a little pampering. Welcome to Manny's with Grannies. I'm your host, Tiffany Marino. Join me while I sit down with a woman over 70 and get to know her while giving her a manicure. Welcome to this episode of Manny's with Grannies. I am here with Kathy Bimber, and today we're doing something a little bit different. Kathy already has a beautiful manicure on her hands, so we won't be doing the manicure, but we're just going to have a really nice conversation with Kathy about her. Okay. So we met through Facebook, and we were just talking about how you know one of our previous guests, Kay Jones, you're friends with her daughter. Yes. And you said that you met at the YMCA? Yes, we did at the age of, I guess we were 10, in swimming lessons. So you were taking swimming lessons when you met. And now, if I understand correctly, do you give swimming lessons at the Y? Yes, I do. (laughs) Tell me more about that. I teach water aerobics and I teach arthritis class. And those are usually ladies from anywhere from 40 to 96 of age. I teach a baby class, which is six months to three years old. And then I teach three-year-olds on up. So the joke is I teach anyone from six months to 96 years old to swim. How long have you been doing that? 25 plus years. That's not a typical career or job path that you hear of. How did you end up becoming a swim instructor? I did it as a part-time job. I started when I was in high school, and I just stayed with it. It was a nice part-time job raising my children. And then after I more or less retired for other reasons early, then I went back to the Y. They let me come back and teach swimming lessons. It sounds like swimming's a lifelong passion of yours. Uh, Yes, it is. What does it mean to you? It's relaxing. It's calming. It's my happy place. There must be something to teaching other people how to swim. It's seeing someone come in scared to death of water, screaming, clinging to you, and within three, four months, you have them swimming the length. It's just that satisfaction that they can swim. And what do you think that satisfaction means to people? I think they're happy to know that the fear is gone. They feel relaxed, comfortable in the water. Is there anything that you do to help people feel more relaxed? We make a game of it. You know, like if a child puts her face under the water and they come up scared, I say, oh, did you see the pink fish? It just swam by. You know, um, blow fishy bubbles. You can teach them to dive by using a huge um, yoga ball. They can roll on that to dive. Adults are harder to teach because they know the truth of how deep water is. Little kids don't. And I can tread water to where my shoulders are out. So when I'm in 12 feet of water, they think I'm touching. So it sort of, it works. It has its balance. Swimming has probably kept you in good shape. Yes. Will you share how old you are with us? 66. How does it feel to be 66? It's just a number. That's all it is. It's just a number. Physically, how do you feel? Um, This is the best I've felt in a long 
time. Do you want to go into this? Yeah, sure. All right. If you want to. Well, sure. I mean, it's going to answer some questions why I keep not answering them completely, I guess. Yeah. 16 years ago on April Fool's Day, I had just turned 50 in February. I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. It was the size of a golf ball. And within one week's time, it was the size of a baseball, between a baseball and a softball. It was a mengioma. There was not cancer, but it did take my left side. I've got no sight on my left side. My left side, I've worked very hard to get it back. I had to learn to read, walk, swim again, which was very hard. Just all your motor skills all over again. How did you find out about it? I woke up on a Monday morning with a severe headache. But at that time, we were having crazy weather barometer up and down and up and down. I just thought I had a sinus headache. Well, I must have looked pretty bad because my husband called my mother after he went to work and took me to Warren General, the hospital. And they did a CAT scan and found it. And within a week, I was at Hammond Ho- or St. Vincent Hospital having it removed. What was that recovery like? Horrible. <laughs> Just relearning, knowing what I couldn't do, what I could do, proving doctors wrong, that I could redo all this stuff that they said I'd never do again. Like I said, I had to learn to read over again. I had to teach myself to knit again, to sew, so I could quilt, to swim. I didn't remember how to swim once I got back in the water. Just little things that you take for granted every day. At first, conception of time was really bad. Can't tell you how many times I blew hard-boiled eggs up in the kitchen. They're on the ceiling. But just, you know, little things that you had to redo. So you said that you now feel the best you have since then. Since then, yes. And that was 16 years ago. 16 years ago. What do you attribute feeling good to? I think it's all my close friends that have pushed and pushed me. My dad, which is now deceased, he's the one that pushed me to get in the water. And when him and my mom took me down, my late husband pushed and pushed for things. Nobody let me say no. They just kept pushing me. So that's why I am where I am today. When they were pushing you, did you ever feel like pushing back against them? Oh, I did. (laughs) Big time. Yeah. I was very mean, very resentful, mad I couldn't do things. That's interesting that you can sit here and tell me now that you were very mean. Have you been able to reflect on that time? Yes. Yeah. Did you apologize? Yes, I have. And one I've had to apologize is to my daughter. I, You know, I was just mean. And I think a lot of it had to do with I couldn't cope. I mean, I lost my driver's license. I can't drive anymore. Just things that they kept taking away from me and nothing was coming back. It was hard. Maybe a feeling of being out of control? Yes. Yeah, completely. During the recovery, what do you think was a good piece of advice that you got that helped you get through? Don't give up. Just keep pushing. Like I said, my friends pushed and took no for an answer and got me going. When you were able to relearn how to swim, how did that feel? It was great. But when I first went in the water, I stood there and I looked at everybody and I said, I can't swim. 
I don't know how. It took about three, four times. And then it just like, I had to re-jumpstart my brain on everything. And I just started swimming. And I keep getting stronger and stronger. And then, oh, I think it was 2005, maybe it was. I decided to prove I could still do an open water swim. So I did the Erie Bay swim. My children were not happy. I did it. I completed it. And then four years ago, I believe it was, I was asked to swim the 2.5 miles for the tango. And Kathy Peterson was my kayaker. And I had to prove I could do that one. So I jumped in. It's off the bucket list. We're not doing that again. <laughs> one <laughs> sufficient. Checked. Checked. Exactly. <laughs> what else do you have on your bucket list? I don't know. I just take day by day. I really don't have a complete bucket list. Maybe Disney. I haven't been to Disney yet. You got to get and to that. Disney. You got to meet the mouse. I know. I need to meet Minnie Mouse. Okay. You seem very active and physically well. I would never know that you had the brain tumor. No, you don't. It's just if you go to pass me something on my left side, I'll never see it. Or I don't walk straight. I may bump into you for walking beside each other. Thinking back from before you found out about the tumor to after, is there any change of perspective on life? Oh, big time. I don't take anything for granted. Knowing in a split second, your life can change very fast to one day you're perfectly normal and the next day you wake up and your whole life is completely changed. Let's talk about your family. Oh, what do you want to know? Do you have kids? <laughs> I've got two. My daughter, Courtney, lives in Chicago. She is married and has a daughter 14 and a daughter 10. Then I have a son that lives here in town. He is not married, and he is a chef. That's nice. How does it feel to be a grandmother? Great. It's called payback time. <laughs> <laughs> did your kids grow up in this house? Yes, they did. I've been in this house 44 years. What was it like raising two kids here? It was good. It was very nice. We were close to the grade school, close to the junior high and the high school. Did you work while they were growing up? Yes, I worked at Lair Corporation. I worked until 2005, I believe it was. When you got diagnosed with the... No, I had left. They were downsizing people. And I was working at McKissick's when I, my brain tumor came. What was it like when you had to tell your kids about the brain tumor? That was very hard. I came home and we had to call them. Because at that time, Courtney was in Chicago. John was in Delaware working as a chef. We had to call them both and tell them what was going on. Courtney did come home for the surgery. And John, he wasn't able to get home. But the doctors talked to him after surgery. And that uh, Court was here. She actually was working in pathology at the time. And so the doctor gave her part of the tumor to take back to Chicago to run tests on it. Wow. Did she? Yes, she did. She came up with the same answers as they did at St. Vincent. Yeah. They put it in a That's little cool. container. And That's really cool. She took it home with her and did the test. Yeah. Do you remember finding out you were pregnant the first time? Oh, uh, yes. 
I was so sick, so sick. So we decided I better go see the doctor. And I can remember telling Dr. Riley, it's either I'm pregnant or I'm dying. Which one is it? <laughs> I was pregnant. Were you sick the second time also? Yes. The first time I was sick, the total nine months. The second one, I was only sick for eight months. He gave me a break. <laughs> Is there anything that you miss from your childhood? I had a great childhood. We went camping. Mom and dad always sent us kids to camp. It was good. I see you have a beautiful cabinet of quilts. And you mentioned that you do quilting. Are these all handmade? Yes, they are all handmade. I don't do a lot in the summer because it's too hot. But in the winter months, yeah, I'll sit and I quilt. I belong to um, Quilters Night Out. It's a really wonderful quilting group. Great ladies. They're wonderful. I can take a pattern to them and say, hey, who's going to cut this out for me? Because I don't see anything square. And they'll take the material home, cut it out, bring it back. I'll put it together. Oh, that's so, so nice. It's, you know, or if like one quilt, I messed up. And I was telling one of the quilters, and she says, bring it to me. And I took it to her, and she refixed it for me, gave it back to me, and I put it back together. And How did you learn how to quilt? My mom and grandma taught me how to sew. And then I took home ec all through junior high and high school. And then I picked up a book and tried it. And just good friends keep helping me. I take a lot of classes. Is there anything you're learning now? Oh, there's like five quilts sitting up on the cutting board <laughs> that I need to put together. But no, nothing really right now. Nothing new. Can you tell me a story about a time where you got in trouble growing up? Oh, man, I can't even think of one. You were right a good now. kid? <laughs> that depends on whether you ask my mom or my brother yeah. and sister. <laughs> did your parents grow up in this area? Uh, yes, they did. My mom was born and raised here, and my dad was born and raised here. They went to school here. Did they meet in school? No, they met after school where I'm not sure. How did you and your husband meet? We met in Warren General Hospital. We were five days apart. Our mothers were in the rooms together. You were roommates at birth. Roommates at birth. Wow. And then we both, you know, went home, went our own way. And then we met again in junior high. And I sort of thought he was a geek and didn't want anything to do with him. And then he popped up again in high school. And that time I did go on a date with him, did not know our mothers were in the hospital together until I met his parents and then found out my dad and his dad went to school together. So in the longabout way, they all knew each other. We started dating when we were juniors in high school. So high school sweethearts? Yes. How did you get engaged? He walked me into the jewelry store and says, pick out a ring. It was nothing romantic at all. Do you know if he talked to your parents beforehand? No, he didn't. He took me home. My parents were not home. He left and left me up to showing him my ring. Is that a, was that a typical personality trait? Oh, yes, it was total typical of him. <laughs> Completely. What was your wedding day like? Hot. Hot and humid. Got married in July 17th, and it must have been... 90 out with humidity of 100 and something. The perspiration just rang off of us, but we lived through it. I do tell this all the time. I could hear my mother-in-law 
sort of chuckling behind me and I couldn't figure out what it was. Well, my husband was wearing a white tuxedo because we got married in the 70s. Here he had black and gold tube socks on that were striped for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> and you could see the stripes through the white suit. <laughs> Die hard fan. Yes. His mother said she should have dressed him for the last time. <laughs> Did you get along with your mother-in-law? Yes. Yeah, my in-laws were great. Yeah, they were real good. What did you wear for the wedding? I had a long-sleeved turtleneck white dress. And at that point, everybody was wearing hats, your garden hats. So we all had garden hats on. Typical wedding from the 70s. What color were the bridesmaids in? Rainbow. We had blue, peach, yellow, Green. And I don't know, there might have been another color in there. I'm do you not remember sure. who was in the wedding? Yes, I do. Are you still friends with all of them? My maid of honor is deceased. And I do talk to a few of them. Yeah. Is there anything you wish you had done differently in your marriage? No, not really. You know, I like the way everything turned out. Would you say you had a happy marriage? Yes, we did. Do you have any marriage advice for other couples? Listen to each other. Listen, and you both need your own time. You know, you have to have your friends. He has to have his friends. And then you have friends together. But you have to have your time. Why do you think that is? I don't know. It's just you need your own space. Mm -hmm. So you're not always constantly together. So when something does happen and one of your spouses die, you still have a good group that you can rely on. What was it like being married? It was great. We had 30, 35 and three-fourths years together before he died. He had cancer. And what was that like for you? Horrible. Because I hadn't been diagnosed for a year before he was diagnosed with cancer. And we fought it for three years. And then he died. How long ago was that? 12 years ago. It was just 12 years in June. Was there anything that you can think of that helped you cope with the grief? I actually think I was numb for a very long time, probably almost five years. It was just numb until I did seek help and got me through it. And I finally, I think I was mad at the world with that one too. What kind of help did you get? I went and saw a counselor. And we spent two years, and it finally got me in peace. Was there anything that the counselor said or something that clicked for you that helped? I'm not really sure. I think it was just nice to talk to someone that knew nothing about the family so he couldn't draw any conclusions because he was new in town, so he knew nothing that what had happened with the family. So it was just... it was. Like clear air, you know, him knowing nothing that helped. If you could give advice to someone going through a grieving process now, what would you say to them? Find someone to talk to. Um, that's the best bet. And it's hard. There's no set time on how long it takes to grieve. Some people, it can take, you know, a couple of months. Other people can take a couple of years. You can go for years, five, six, seven years, and all of a sudden something really stupid 
pops up or happens and the tears just come rolling down your face. You know, I don't think it ever goes away. Mm. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. How do you get through the days? Going to the Y, teaching swimming lessons <laughs> with all those little kids gets me through. I keep busy between my quilting, my knitting. I got a great group of friends. My son comes in and out of the house quite often. I do ride a bike. I'm not supposed to, but I do because I want some freedom. So I do go places. I take the city bus that will come right to the house and pick me up, take me wherever I want to go. Then I call them, they pick me up, bring me home. You have to be able to be willing to reach out and ask for help and do the stuff. If you're going to just sit in the house, it's not going to work. With aging, you know, people, their body just naturally starts to deteriorate and age. And right. you seem very young physically and at heart as well. And I'm wondering, is there any kind of secret to that? Just go to the Y and exercise. And I think a lot has to do with being around people. That keeps your mind working and going. Thinking back over your life, when do you think you were the happiest? Probably when I had my children. What about that time? It was just, it was a good time. They're very, very active. All their friends were always here. At that time, we had a pool in the backyard. So our house was the house to be. It was just the kids. What is your most romantic memory with your husband? Probably the time we went to Niagara Falls the second time because we went there for our honeymoon. And then we went back, I believe it was right around our 25th wedding anniversary. We went back up and stayed in the same hotel, went to some of the same places. That's so nice. Do you think about getting older? Yes. I'm hoping it's just a number. I keep telling everybody I'm going to live to 100. And different ones will say, yep, you'll still be down here teaching swimming at 100. Do you think about death and dying? Yes. And I think the only reason is, is because of losing my husband and my dad so close. Yeah, I think about leaving the kids and the grandkids. What do you think about the afterlife? I know I'll be with my husband again and see my dad. I don't know. Hopefully things will be better than what they were down here. I'm not really sure. They better have a pool so I can go swimming. Is there anything that you think that you were wrong about in life? Oh, I'm sure I was wrong about a lot of things. <laughs> Can you tell me something that you've never told anyone else? Gee, I can't think of anything. Usually I'm an open book. <laughs> Maybe that's why you can't think of anything. You've <laughs> yeah. told everything to yeah, everyone already. I tell everybody everything. I'm an open <laughs> book. I, I can't think of anything that I've never told anybody. Have you done any traveling? Chicago. <laughs> I try to go to Chicago at least once or twice a year to see the kids. Is that where they live? Yes. Yeah, they live in Chicago. If you wanted to give young people some advice, what would you say? Your school years are the best years of your life. When you do get married, have at least two to three years of just you and your husband before you have children. Have your time, do something, and then you'll be ready to settle down and bring those little ones into the world. How about some parenting advice? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> all I can tell you. Good luck. (laughs) What were you like as a teenager? I don't think I gave my parents too many problems. It's always been a joke. I never had to have a curfew. 
because I turned into a pumpkin after midnight. So dad always knew I was home by midnight. Do you think that the life that you thought or that you wanted to live as a teenager panned out for you? Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, my parents had rules. We lived by them or we paid the consequences. There was times it wasn't happy with consequences, but you know, I think a lot of kids today don't have consequences. And I think that's why the world's the way it is. What do you think is the most important thing your parents taught you? Honesty, good work ethics. If you were at work 10 minutes before you were to be there, you were late. You had to be there early. You went to work unless you were dead. How do you think that's helped you in your adult life? I'm always to work on time. And I went to work whether I was dead or not. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think are the most important things in life? Family. Kids, grandchildren. What do they mean to you? A lot. An awful lot. How do you want your kids and grandkids to remember you? Hopefully being nice. (laughs) I don't know. They just remember all the things I do with them. When I go to visit, we're always doing something, whether it's swimming, arts and crafts. Did you get to teach your grandkids how to swim? No. It's very hard to teach your children or grandchildren to swim. You give them to somebody else. Because they look at you like you know nothing. (laughs) Do you remember who taught you to swim? Yes. It was Jim Tenney and Bob Hammerback. And who were they to you? They were aquatics directors. And Jim is still alive. I just saw him Sunday. That's nice. It is. And I taught his grandchildren to swim and his great-grandchild to swim. I wonder how many people in town you've taught how to swim. Well, I'm on the second generation. If the third generation walks through that pool deck, I'm done. I'm not going to the third generation. If you could tell your teenage self anything, what would you say? Study in school. Those are the best years. Listen to your parents. Did you go to college? No. I went to work right out of school. I was not ready to go to college. And I knew if I went to college and screwed off, dad would be coming to get me. So it's better off just stay home and go get a job. What was the first job you had? Blair. I went to Blair. I was only going to stay one week. I started in 77 and left, or 75. Started in 75 and left in 2005. So it was a long year. (laughs) What did you like about working there? I liked the people. I had nice supervisors. I did customer service for all those years. The last 10 or 15, I was on the phones calling people or they called in and had questions or placing orders and that. And they had a wonderful shift, 5.30 to 10.30. So I was able to stay home with the kids. My husband came home from work at four, we ate, and I walked back out the door and went and worked 5.30, 10.30. And he took care of the kids. So they never had to go to a sitter. That sounds like an ideal situation. Yeah, it was wonderful. Do you remember any major historical milestones that you lived through? I remember vaguely. I think I was only maybe five or six when Kennedy was shot. I can remember my mom opening up the door. We were outside playing and her telling us that. The Challenger spaceship? I was painting the living room when that blew up. I remember that. The first Gulf War, I remember my son wrote to a serviceman from town 
back and forth, and he did get to meet him. We went to Fort Bragg, and we saw him there, and he did come here to the school to meet John, and that was really neat. That's exciting. Yeah, it was. It was real nice. Did you guys tie a ribbon in your yard? Yes. There used to be a big tree in the front yard, and we had a big yellow ribbon around it until he came home, and then we cut it off. Growing up, did your family always have a car? Yes. We had one car until I was probably junior high. I think at times my dad had a little motorcycle he rode back and forth to work. And then we did go to two vehicles. Mom had a car and dad had a truck. What's a piece of advice that you have for me at, I'm almost 40 years old. So at 66, you have 26 years on me. Can you share some of that 26 years of wisdom? (laughs) Just cherish every day you have. Don't take anything for granted. Do you have any wish for your family? Just to stay healthy. You know, just uh, stay healthy. Well, I think that's all the questions that I have today. Thank you, Kathy, so much for having me here. It's a lovely conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Manny's with Grannies. I hope you enjoyed learning about someone else and maybe even learned a little about yourself.